Here at Doxaday Bloom, we are excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope that you enjoy today's message. Hello, Dr. Dave Bloemfontein. My name is Abel, and I'm privileged to be spending some time in the Word with you today. Let me start with a question. Imagine for a moment that Jesus planted a church in your neighborhood in Bloemfontein. Just imagine for a moment that Jesus were with us today as a man like he was 2,000 years ago um, in the Middle East, but he was in Bloemfontein, and he planted a church. What would that church look like? Billy, let me ask this question. Uh, who would be the kinds of people that would be attending this church that Jesus would have planted? What, what are the kinds of people that you would find sitting in this kind of church that, that Jesus planted himself? Now, before we answer that question, just to remind you that we are busy in a series called New. Now, in this series uh, called New, we called it New, uh, we base this on the scripture from 2 Corinthians 5, 17, which we preached about last week. And we've been playing just with this idea that the, the, the good news that we bring to the world, we, we say that we have a gospel message, which means we've got a message that is good news that we bring to our world. And uh, this year, we will really want to focus on what is this message that we are bringing to the world. Now, what we've been speaking about last year, or last week, in fact, uh, is that the message that we bring to the world, the, the message that, that, the, that our city needs, is not a new year, new me kind of gospel. That's usually the answer that the world brings to people, is, is that, that we buy into some sort of a new year, new me kind of gospel, that we work on ourselves, we improve ourselves. In fact, all religions in the world, and all you know, self-help books, everything out there, shouting, new year, new me. It's, it's giving us this, this, uh, the, the hope that, that we can change ourselves. Now, if you've lived long enough, you know that that's not good news. You see, the good news that the Bible brings us, is not a, it's not a self-improvement book, this. The, the message that Jesus brought wasn't like just a message of be better. It was actually the message, the gospel of new creation. The, the hope that Jesus brings us, is that He can come and make us new, into a new creation. And that's what we focused on last week uh, when we based that sermon on 2 Corinthians 5, uh, which, which speaks about this, this message of reconciliation that's also been given to us. And so this message of reconciliation is a message we take out to the world. And so we are focusing a little bit on what is this message of reconciliation. Now, the question I want to be uh, asking today and, and the thing I want to be focusing on today is more on who is our target audience? Who is this message of reconciliation meant for? Uh, who are the people that we are called to reach as a church? Who is supposed to be our target audience? So let me get back to the first question. That church that Jesus plants in your city, who do you think Jesus' target audience would have been today? Who would have been the people that Jesus would have been focusing on most in terms of reaching with this message? Now, we've got the answer in Luke chapter 15. And over the next three weeks or this week and the next two weeks, we're going to be focusing on Luke chapter 15. Because in verses 1 and 2 of Luke 15, we actually get a very clear answer on who the target audience was for Jesus and who our target audience should be with this wonderful message that we have of new creation. Now, 
Luke uh, chapter 15, I want to read it to you now. Luke chapter 15 has got these three very famous parables that Jesus tells. It's the parable of the lost sheep. And then he goes on to tell the parable of the lost coin, which we're going to be speaking about next week. And then he tells the story of the, the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. And we're going to be speaking about that in two weeks from now. But all three of these parables find their, their origin or their, their sort of basis in verses 1 and 2. And so this is the, the setting in which Jesus tells the parable. Have you ever wondered uh, when Jesus tells a parable, have you ever asked the question, who was he speaking to? Now in Luke 15, Jesus was actually speaking to the religious leaders of the day. Uh, he was speaking, if, if, I think if it was today, he would have been speaking to the church. Not, not those on the outside of the church walls. He would have been speaking to those on the inside of the church saying, listen, I want to tell these parables to explain you a bit of what my heart is for this world. And so let me read that to you. So Luke 15, this one. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. Those are the kinds of people that were hanging out with Jesus. The tax collectors, the, the traitors and, and the sinners. And the Pharisees, or the religious uh, crowd, and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. And so they were making this comment. I mean, look at this Jesus. He's hanging out with the non-religious kind of people, the bad people, right? The sinners. And then this is how Jesus responds. So he told them this parable. And then he tells them three different parables. And so the first parable uh, that he tells them uh, from verse 4 it goes as follows. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need not or need no repentance. Now, let me just ask you a quick question. Jesus was you know, accused of eating with sinners. Let me ask you the question, who sits around your table? We see who sat around Jesus' table. Who sits around our table? When we think about ourselves as church people, who sits around our table? Jesus ate with the sinners. So the first question I want us to ask ourselves is, is what is your response in your heart? What is your attitude when you think about those outside of the faith? Not only those outside of the faith, but what is your response or your attitude when you think about or you confront it by people who live far away from God, those we call the lost uh, or, the, or the sinners. What is your attitude? The Pharisees, their attitude was very clear. I mean, Jesus was hanging out with uh, sinners. And so instead of rejoicing, I mean, just quickly think about this. The religious people, they should have been so excited that Finally, these tax collectors and sinners and prostitutes are listening to a man of God, a man speaking of God. They are sitting, they want to spend time with someone that is teaching the word of God to them. Instead of being excited about that, they grumble. 
Like, how, how can this man, you know, eat with sinners? They're going to defile him. You know, we're not supposed to hang out with bad people, with the evil people, with the sinners. Instead of rejoicing, they grumble. Let me ask you a question. Just be honest with yourself. What is your attitude when you think about, when we read maybe about those who steal money, the corruption in our country? I mean, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that the sin is okay. It's not okay. The corruption in our country is not okay. But if you think about the individual that is busy taking from his people, just like a tax collector, does your heart break for that person? Or do you just get angry at him? You know, we get taught in church, you know, hate the sin, but love the sinner. You know, is that true of you? Maybe you think about a friend of you, if you may be a bit younger, thinking about a friend that like, sleeps around. Is there a sense of judgment in your heart? Or are you thinking, like, at least I'm not as bad as that person? If you've ever said those words, at least I'm not as bad as that person, it says a lot about your attitude toward that person. Jesus ate with those people. He had a heart for those people. And we want to keep on discovering that. So, so the big question we want to ask ourselves is, do I consider the, the lost? When I speak about you know, those who are lost, is it something that breaks my heart? Is it some, something I've got compassion for those people? Or is it a condescending way of speaking about a certain group of people, the lost? Well, that guy, he's really lost. This guy, this girl is really lost. Do I think about them as heathens? or as lost sheep of God. Now, let me quickly share with you another passage of Scripture in the Bible, which is in, in Mark chapter 2. And uh, I love this passage of Scripture. Now, it's a similar setting. So, so right here in Mark chapter 2, Jesus calls Levi, the tax collector, the guy that's involved with massive corruption uh, in the government, because that's what tax collectors did. They, they were Jewish people that were collecting taxes on behalf of the Roman government, but then they would put money in their own pockets, right? So they were selfish in that way. So tax collectors, people hated the tax collectors in, much way, in the same way that we really get frustrated at some of maybe certain politicians that would put money into their pockets, right? So the same kind of setting. And Jesus goes to Matthew and he says, or Levi, he says, follow me. He chooses him to be one of his disciples. And then straight after that, verse 15, um, and as he reclined at the table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, and so these are the religious group, the, the churchy kind of people, right? When they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need for a physician or a doctor, but those who are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners. Another translation uh, says, On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. Now, the church, the church that Jesus led in his time, the people that followed Jesus, it looked like a hospital. And in the same way, our church needs to look like a hospital. It is for the sick. It is for the sinners. It's for those who know that they need help. That is who Jesus came for. And so this is my point, friend, is that the target audience for Jesus back then and also today 
is the sinners, the unrighteous, those who are far away from God. It is the sheep that have been lost. God has got a massive concern for them. Jesus did not come for the healthy. He came for the sick. What does our church look like? Are we like a hospital seeking those who are lost? Now, in order to understand God's heart for, for the lost sheep, we must consider this idea that when Jesus tells this parable, he's actually saying that those that are outside of the faith, those that are lost, they still belong to me because it is my lost sheep. This blew my mind when I started thinking about this, that even those outside of the faith still belong to God because they were created by God. Now, let me just quickly clarify this. I'm not saying that everyone is redeemed, but I am saying that everyone belongs to God because He created them. By creation, this is what the Bible teaches us, that, that everything was made by God. If you believe Genesis 1 and also John chapter 1, that everything was made by God and for God, and, and, and John 1 actually explains that it was, it was actually made by and for Jesus, right? So that everything in this planet, all the plants, uh, all the rocks in this world, all the animals, all the fish, and all the birds, and all the people were made by God. If that is so, it means they all belong to God. He is the owner of everything and everyone. And so therefore, if a person does not acknowledge God, it might mean that he is lost. He's maybe not redeemed because we get redemption by putting our faith in Jesus, by accepting the work, the finished work that Jesus has done for us on the cross and in the resurrection. But they still belong to him. It is his lost sheep. Let me ask the question like this. Do you belong to God because he redeemed you through Jesus? Or did God redeem you because you belonged to him? You already belong to God. He's the one that created you. And that is why he has decided to redeem you in the finished work of Jesus on the cross and in his resurrection. If you put your faith in Jesus, you are now redeemed. But he redeems those that belong to him. That is him going. That is the work of Jesus. He comes and looks for the lost sheep of the father to bring them back, to redeem them. But this means that all people, even those friends of yours who don't even acknowledge God, is the sense that they belong to God because they were created by God. And our heart, the, the, our missional motivation inside of us is because everything in creation belongs to God. We want to see them redeemed. That is why we bring the message of reconciliation to the lost sheep of our Father. See, God loves everyone in this planet equally. God doesn't start loving you only once you put your faith in Jesus. No, 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 no. He sent Jesus because he loved you so much. Now, if we can understand this, if we can, if we can really grasp that, it changes the way that we look at those that are outside of the church, realizing that God loves those people and that is why he sent Jesus and that is why he's sending us to bring back the lost sheep of our father. All sheep, whether they are lost or found, all sheep, whether they have already been redeemed or not yet, not yet uh, brought back into the family by Jesus, they all belong to God because he created everything in this universe. We don't judge the lost. We have compassion for the lost sheep of the Father.
Let me end with this last point, and it's a scripture in, in Luke chapter 18, actually another parable that, that Jesus tells. Uh, let me first ask this question. Do you remember what it felt like to be lost? Let me ask it this way. Where would you have been if it were not for Jesus? Where would you have been if not for the grace of God over your life? If you were left to your own devices, where would you have been today? Now, Luke chapter 18, Jesus tells this parable. Um, and uh, I think, again, it's, it's, it's for us. Um, it's, it's, it's for those of us inside of the church um, to, to challenge something of our own heart for those that are outside of the faith. Luke chapter 18, verse 11, it says, The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed. And so Jesus is telling this parable uh, of two men busy praying, and he's addressing self-righteousness, right? And so he says, The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers and evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector that is standing right here next to me. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector, and then Jesus says, but then the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me. I am a sinner. He knew that he was sick. He knew he was in need of a doctor. And then Jesus goes on verse 14. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Jesus came for those who need a doctor, who know that they need a doctor, not those who are self-righteous. Now, here's the thing. You will not have compassion for those outside of the faith, if you are self-righteous. If you think that the reason why uh, anything good is happening in your life uh, or that, that you are not doing what other people are doing that you consider right or wrong, if you think that's because of yourself, you will struggle to have compassion because you, you, will, you will judge others. But if you are constantly reminded that it's because of the grace of God and if we remind ourselves, we ask ourselves the question, where would we have been? if not for the grace of Jesus. We would not only rejoice when they come in, but we would go out seeking them. The reason why the Pharisees miss this, they should have been rejoicing when prostitutes and tax collectors and sinners were finally listening to a man of God, speaking the words of God to them. But they didn't rejoice because they were self-righteous. They thought that they were healthy. Jesus came for the lost, the broken, ones in pain, those friends of ours. This means he came for people just like you. I want to pray for you, friend, that, that God would give you compassion for the lost sheep. That he would remind you sometimes just of where you would have been if not for the grace of God. If it were not for Jesus, where would you have been? Jesus came for people just like you, and that is why everyone around you also qualifies. I want to pray for you and uh, maybe before I pray for you, just to also say this, you might have listened to this sermon and thought to yourself, well, it's great to have compassion for others, but maybe you feel like you are the lost sheep. Maybe you feel like you, you don't consider yourself really as a, a proper Christian. I want to say to your friend, it's not something that you get to work at. It's not a new year, new me kind of gospel. 
The gospel is this gospel of our Jesus came for people like you. He came for people like me and for you. People that know that they are in need. People that are broken. That know they don't have much to offer before God. We've got the gospel of new creation. God comes to make you new. It's through the finished work of Jesus on the cross and in the resurrection. That is what our hope is. And if that is you, I also want to pray with you that you would accept the grace of Jesus and come back to his family. So let me pray for you. I'm going to pray uh, if you feel like you're the lost sheep, but also I want to pray for us as a church that we would have compassion like Jesus, that we would understand that our target audience in our city are those who feel they don't qualify for God. That is who we are called to reach this year. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your kindness, for your grace. Thank you, Jesus, that you saved me, that you came after me. But I would have been so lost if it were not for your grace, Jesus. I thank you for the kindness and the grace that you've shown me. God, I want to ask that you would give me the same kindness and grace and compassion for everyone around me, God. That you would constantly remind me of what you've done for me and from that place, God, that we would show it to those around us. God, I want to pray also just for my friends watching this, uh, that they would have the, the boldness and the, the courage to also go out to friends and, and start inviting them to come to church with them or come to a group with them, that we may see more and more lost sheep being brought home to the Father's house. God, lastly, I want to pray if there's anyone that watched this that feel like they are the one that doesn't qualify and they still need to receive your grace, God, may they receive it. May they realize and hear loud and clear that the gospel we preach from the Bible is not a new year, new me kind of gospel. It's not one where we fix ourselves, but it is one where we surrender to you and we allow you, we get onto the, the shoulder of the shepherd to carry us home, just like in this parable. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.